The sermon text is the Gospel of St. Mark, chapter 10, verses 35 to 45. James and John, the sons of Zebedee, approached Jesus and said, Teacher, we wish that you would do for us whatever we ask. He said to them, What do you want me to do for you? They said to him, Promise that we may sit, one at your right and one at your left, in your glory. But Jesus said to them, You do not know what you are asking. Can you drink the cup that I am going to drink, or be baptized with the baptism that I am going to be baptized with? We can, they replied. Jesus told them, you will drink the cup that I am going to drink and be baptized with the baptism that I am going to be baptized with. But to sit at my right or at my left is not for me to give. Rather, these places belong to those for whom they have been prepared. When the ten heard this, they were angry with James and John. Jesus called them together and said, You know that those who are considered rulers over the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. But that is not the way it is to be among you. Instead, whoever wants to be great among you will be your servant, and whoever wants to be first among you will be a slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. The Gospel of our Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. What do you want me to do for you? Maybe we could get the whole point of this just from that one question. The Holy Son of God asks two sinful men, what do you want me to do for you? Maybe we could just meditate on that for a couple of minutes and say, Amen. But since you all made the drive and you're here anyway, we'll go into it a little more. First, a little bit of prologue. They were on the road going up to Jerusalem and Jesus was leading them. The disciples were amazed and the others who followed were afraid. Jesus is now making his final walk toward the capital city of Jerusalem. And as we are about to hear, he is going to walk right into the hands of hateful, murderous enemies who want him dead. This action amazes Jesus' disciples in the sense of baffling them. There are others following Jesus to Jerusalem. These are the ladies that we hear mentioned during Holy Week. And they know what is likely to happen to Jesus if he walks into that city teeming with powerful men who want to see him dead and their reaction is to be afraid. Probably to spare that group any more fear and also to make his actions more understandable to his disciples, Jesus calls together just the 12 and explains to them these seemingly reckless, insane actions. He took the twelve aside again and began to tell them what was going to happen to him. Again, he took them aside to tell them this. It's not the first time they're hearing it. Look, we are going up to Jerusalem and the Son of Man will be betrayed to the chief priests and the experts in the law. They will condemn him to death and will hand him over to the Gentiles. They will mock him, spit on him, flog him, and kill him. First, 
there is divine service coming. First, Jesus is going to lower himself for intense suffering service, including humiliation and a horrifying death. And then, after that suffering is completed, through that suffering, he receives glory. On the third day, he will rise again. Okay, prologue over. James and John, the sons of Zebedee, approached him and said, Teacher, we wish that you would do for us whatever we ask. He said to them, What do you want me to do for you? They said to him, Promise that we may sit, one at your, one at your right and one at your left, in glory. And Jesus sees, They missed it. James and John want Jesus to take them directly to the glory without having to go through any suffering service for other people. For Jesus, the suffering comes first. First, he has to drink the cup of suffering. First, he has to be baptized with the agony required to absorb the punishment for our sins. And only then, the glory of Easter, the glory of his ascension and sitting at the Father's right hand. But the service has to come first. And now Jesus reminds his disciples of the correct order of things. You do not know what you are asking. Can you drink the cup that I am going to drink or be baptized with the baptism that I am going to be baptized with? So, can I ask you a personal question? Take that as a yes. (laughs) What do you want Jesus to do for you? Let's say hypothetically when you walk out of this building this morning, Jesus does for you exactly everything you want him to do. What would life look like in your home if Jesus did for you just what you want? What would things be like at work if Jesus did for you what you want him to do? What would things be like in this congregation, in the place where you worship? How about in your friendships, in your finances? What do you want Jesus to do for you? Now, when Jesus asks that question to his two disciples, the answer he receives reveals what James and John want Jesus to do for them is to take them past the service, straight to the glory. And if my answer to the question, what do I want Jesus to do for me, begins, as it often does, If my answer starts with respect for me, success for me, money for me, then I have answered in the spirit of James and John, and God forgive me. And if your answer to that question begins with glory and goodness for you, and be honest about how much it does, then God forgive you too. And God make me a Christian, a follower of Jesus, who answers that question the right way. When Jesus asks, what do you want me to do for you? God, make me a person who answers, Jesus, this is what I want you to do for me. Make me more like you. Make me a servant of the people around me. And Jesus, not just that, make me a slave of all. Jesus, in my home, make me the family member who puts himself behind everybody else. Jesus, make me the co-worker who elevates the other people in my office. Make me a member of a congregation who gives and serves and gives and serves. And Jesus, 
Don't stop there. Not just a servant of some, not just a servant of the people I live with or the people who pay me or the people I worship with, but a slave of all. Make me a Christian who allows himself to get cut off in traffic without getting all hacked off and extending digits and everything else. And make me the person at the grocery store, Jesus, who lets the other person go first. And make me the guy on my block who speaks gently and respectfully to everyone, especially the neighbors that he disagrees with. Jesus, here is what I want you to do for me. Make me more like you. Not just a servant of some, but a slave of all. When the ten heard this, they were angry with James and John. Why? Why do you think the other ten disciples were angry with James and John? Do you think they were angry because they understood the concept of true Christian glory while James and John did not yet? Of course not. They were angry with James and John because they had the same attitude. And this is what often happens when Christians don't want to lower themselves and serve and they just want to go for glory. First you get the self-promotion of James and John and then you get the anger, the alienation from the other ten disciples. So Jesus calls them together again and with perfect patience shows them again the path to godly glory. Jesus called them together and said, You know that those who are considered rulers over the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. But that is not the way it is to be among you. Instead, whoever wants to be great among you will be your servant, and whoever wants to be the first among you will be a slave of all. Jesus, forgive all of our pride and all of our glory-seeking and show us how to be slaves of all. Better yet, Jesus, do both at the same time. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. The Son of God lowered himself, gave up the throne of heaven, and came into this world to be also the Son of Man. And he came into this world to be the answer to the question, what do we need Jesus to do for us? And he has done for us exactly that, because Jesus came not to flaunt his glory and demand glory in the face of sinful human beings, but to put himself behind them, all of them, to live for them all, to die for them all, to rise for them all, the slave of all. Now, it is going to take time, and the disciples are drawing a lot of patience from Jesus. But eventually, these disciples will understand what Jesus is teaching them. Remember back in the middle of that conversation, Jesus made a prediction about James and John, which also came true for the other ten disciples. They said to him, Promise that we may sit, one at your right and one at your left, in your glory. But Jesus said to them, You do not know what you are asking. Can you drink the cup that I am going to drink, or be baptized with the baptism that I am going to be baptized with? We can, they replied. Jesus told them, You will drink the cup that I am going to drink, and be baptized with the baptism that I am going to be baptized with. Jesus is making the prediction that these two men who are currently struggling mightily 
with the concept of true Christian glory, one day will understand it and they will follow in Jesus' footsteps. One day, these two men and the other ten disciples too will lower themselves and serve and much like Jesus, they will walk right into the hands of people who hate them and much like Jesus, they will be condemned and they will, be suff- they will suffer and they will be killed. And they will do it in service to their Savior Jesus who sent them out and told them to proclaim his death and resurrection to all the people in the world. They will do it to serve all the people in the world who needed to hear about Jesus' love and had not heard it yet. They will do it to serve the living saints who already believed it but needed to hear it again. In other words, they will be serving everyone. And they will go and go and go and they will never stop until Jesus decides it's time for them to receive the glory of the kingdom of heaven. Now, is that glory going to be directly on Jesus left and right? Who knows? Not even Jesus knew that while he was walking on the earth with them that day, but the glory will be there for them because at this very moment, the Son of Man is lowering himself to serve them and give his life as a ransom for them and for all people. They will receive glory from Jesus after they follow him through service. Today is the 22nd and final Sunday in the season of Pentecost. This season of Pentecost is when the church focuses a little more on how we respond to God for all of his goodness to us. Pentecost focuses on how we give glory to the one who died and rose for us, and then on top of that gave us the faith to trust in him and all that he has done for us. So in this season of Pentecost, you have Sundays that focus on various aspects of Christian living. There's a Sunday that focuses on marriage and family, uh, evangelism and mission work, uh, the right use of our wealth, humility, uh, how we speak to each other and about each other as God's people, working together as a unified body of Christ, the importance of worship and Bible study, contentment, all of the things that God wants to see in the lives of the people that he recreated when he brought them to faith in his son. And this season of Pentecost is different lengths every year. When Easter is early, like it was this year, Pentecost stretches out and goes forever. And if Easter is late, then Pentecost gets squished a little bit. So it doesn't happen every year. But this particular year, it happens that the season of Pentecost ends with Jesus asking his people, what do you want me to do for you? And as he asks it, he shows them what he will do to serve them and save them. And this is the heart of all Christian living. This is the essence of offering up to God our entire existence as a living sacrifice of thanksgiving. When Jesus asks you, what do you want me to do for you? Watch what he does, and you answer, Jesus, I want you to make me more like you, a slave of all. Amen.